Right. Ready? Warmed up. <laughs> Steve Giles. Chris Johnson. Uh, naked vocalist. <laughs> naked vocalist. <laughs> Episode two. Good day. Good day to you. Here we are. Ready for another. It's been quite a week here at Naked Vocalist HQ. Thank you to everyone who subscribed on iTunes, and especially those people that have left, left us a review. And all those people that have joined us on Facebook and or Twitter, thank you. Thank you. Keep it coming. Um, to carry on that sentiment of the uh, what a week we've had, some announcements. The NakedVocalist.com has gone live. Woo-hoo! Uh, on there we will have a blog where we'll post all kinds of... Uh, Thoughts, tips, tricks, uh, the podcast episodes will go on there. We'll also start some some show note pages to include information to support uh, the podcast. Uh, on there, there will be uh, the sign-up to our email newsletter, which we will send out once a week, which will keep you up to date with all of that stuff. So get yourself along to there. Also, the Naked Vocalist TV has been released on YouTube. That's our YouTube channel. So if you search for us on there... That also has videos to support our podcast, and at the moment we are getting stuff up relating to warm-ups in what we discussed in episode one. So please get yourself along to there. Uh, To top that all off, mind you, wow, how can we even add any more to that? Uh, We actually made it into the iTunes top chart in our first week of release. No, we didn't. So I feel very humble by that, do you? I really do. It is truly amazing. I checked it on Sunday and we got in the top 300 of all of iTunes and there are thousands and thousands and we we ranked quite highly in the top 11 in arts, music and education. It's quite a crazy thought that, isn't it? It is. So so um that probably prompts me and Steve, I would have thought, to give you all a massive thank you for supporting us. Absolutely. And honestly, because when you throw this stuff out, you don't know if people are actually going to want to listen to it yeah or even find it useful exactly yeah so for for that it's just amazing it is truly great so so thank you guys and uh so what have we got planned for today on the agenda today we are talking about song we're talking about some strain in the song and how we can fix it cool and we're also going to give some career-based advice on you know how people can make money from from singing. Mm, from quite a few different angles, actually, isn't it? That's right, yeah. 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 Okay, great. So that's where we're at. Just fit two in today. And the first one we're going to start with, as Steve said, is to do with strain in songs. Now, we had a, a lady who is keeping in touch with us called Dawn, and she sent us in a clip of her singing a song by Adele called Make You Feel My Love. And she sent it in with that, with that thought of uh, she needed some advice because she felt there was some instability and there was some strain uh, on the chorus line and she felt like she needed some help or advice with it. And so it might be good for us to actually play you that clip so you can hear what she and we are talking about. Let's have a listen. I know you haven't made your mind up yet Now I never do you wrong Okay, so there you have it. That's Dawn singing Make You Feel My Love. As you can hear, it sounds pretty good. But what are you hearing, sir? I think everyone can hear that's actually pretty good. Yeah. There isn't too much going wrong with it. But obviously, Dawn sent it in for a reason. She's picked out some things that 
she's feeling, and I think that's the point, she's feeling it, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we can hear that the things that she's feeling. Absolutely. Sensation-based is what singing's all about. Exactly that. So the point is, she's feeling something, there's something going on in there, you can hear a slight squeeze if we're being picky, and possibly the tone may be, maybe a little heavy in that part of a, a range sure. on that song. So we will take that, and we will say, what would we do if that was the case? Yeah. She wants to sing this song, we're going to anticipate going higher... And with that in mind, we will tackle it in that way. Yeah. So first thing first, let's get rid of the piano. Yeah. She actually said to us that she was playing piano and singing at the same time, which we know that can be a great distraction. Exactly. And just to consider that I know there's some ultra-talented musicians out there, but it's still multitasking, isn't it? Yes. And to be able to nail two very complex things at once is so tricky. And singing, believe it or not, is complex. <laughs> Very complex. So let's get rid of that piano. Yes, absolutely. So we can concentrate again. Um, here's what else we would do, okay? Because, and by the way, I'm going to change positions and get to the piano, which is on the other side. It's a lovely little walk you Thank you. I think I've gone unnoticed. Though. Why don't we film? <laughs> we should do video. Uh, okay, so, yeah, here we, here's what we would do. Now, we didn't hear a lot of strain in her voice, but we want her to feel a bit more released and relaxed in where she's singing. And we actually, on uh, analysing the clip, found out that that clip, in fact, was uh, a semitone lower than the original. So the first advice we would do, maybe, is to bump it up to the original key and see how it felt. Now, she was singing in A, but we want to sing that note on a B-flat. So we've isolated the tricky chorus and we're going to sing it in the original key. So this is what we'd ask Dawn to do is go, I know you haven't made your mind up yet. Oh, and take lovely. the original key. Mm. Thank you. Early as well, well done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if that felt okay, we would maybe advise as a, as a quick test to see, can we go up another key to a B? So that would take us from here to here. Do you want to give us that one, brother? Yet. That's it. And some singers will be going, okay, this is a little crazy. We're going up higher, but we will explain why we do this shortly. But we want to get to now a C. So we're going to go up another semitone. I know you haven't made your mind up yet. So again, if, if, if Dawn and anyone else trying this little trick out is feeling good, then we would urge you to get maybe... Up to the C to sharp. To the C sharp, which, um, luck of the draw, <laughs> back and forth, <laughs> that leaves you, so, so give it a go. I know you haven't made your mind up yet. Right on. Okay, so we've jumped up several keys. Why did we do that? Well, basically, Dawn's voice, as we said, sounded pretty good. She may be feeling a little strained. And quite often, the responsible part of someone's voice for making them strain is the bottom and as a quick tool, and there are many ways of solving this, this is just one. As a quick tool, it's great to get someone to feel like they've been lifted from that tension. And we can feel that lift and release by getting closer to the top of the voice. Mm. And so that strain kind of goes away. Some singers get up there quite easily and feel, well, well in shock about how high they are and how easy it can feel. And then straight off the back... As soon as you've gone up, you would drop down to your original key. I know you haven't! 
and see how it feels. And it, actually, in nine cases out of ten, when you've got that inkling, that singer would feel way lighter on their feet when they came back down and free of tension. So that is that is a very quick technique of how to get yourself kind of released and relaxed. Yeah, and it's worth saying that, like you said, there's, there's loads of ways we can we can attack this. And this really may not work for everyone. No. Especially people that may want to hang on to that bottom part of their voice too much. Absolutely. I'll talk about the bridge in a second, but the result of somebody that likes chest voice doing what we just did. That's it. You know, and and, and you'll be able to feel that. You'll be able to to hear it. (laughs) And for you, that may not work. Yeah, if, if you feel like that tone is getting yelly. Unlike Dawn, Dawn didn't sound like she was yelling. She didn't sound very loud or very strained. Mm. Oh, no! She wasn't there, was she? That's right. And so uh, that's why we've used this trick. But, yeah, that's, I guess, Steve is alluding to a little tip that if you feel really loud and really quite yelly like that, this may not be for you. That's right. And based on that, you know, Dawn is obviously singing well in that part of her voice. Mm -hmm. And that part of the voice we're talking about there... Bless Adele for singing it in that key. Yeah. It's a different key to the original, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. It's something that some people call the bridge, some people call the passaggio, some people actually call it the break because that's, that's, what, that's the, that they, they name it after the result <laughs> yeah. that they get in there. Which is nice. But whatever you call it, it's so tricky to sing there and it does take development and a Dependent on where you are in your development journey of that part of your voice will depend on, obviously, how you approach those notes when you sing them in song. Mm-hmm. And actually, how they come out when you do sing them. Yeah, and, and maybe to define that bridge even more is that it is tricky because it's a part where the voice has to make some physical changes in order to get from the bottom part of your voice through the middle and into the top. And that requires... As uh, as you can imagine, and many people have felt some serious coordination. Coordination is the word. Yeah, we we cannot hang on to the same thing we're doing in our bottom voice and take it all the way up through the range. There needs to be some adjustments there. Yeah, there. truly. So that's obviously one thing that we could suggest is to develop that part of your voice. Yeah, and and this is one way of uh, kind of forcing your way in there. But it, you know, you you would kind of force your way up a little higher. However. It's, it's partly down to confidence whether somebody even experiments with this kind of technique because when you recommend it to students, the fear that you see in their face is quite apparent because they're like, higher is always harder. Mm, but mm. when you get used to how the passaggio or the bridge works, higher can often be far more relaxing and a release from tension. And so going up can be actually a great thing for many people. Surprisingly. Surprisingly. And, and no one really has the confidence to do that until you suggest it. And Adorn certainly translates that in her, in her review because actually what we did is we actually sent all these instructions to Dawn to try out. And she was, uh, by her own admittance, scared and it felt massively alien to be going that many keys up. But she said, after trying it out and coming back to the original key, she felt so much more light on her feet. She described it as an old pair of slippers, and that felt way more comfortable. And so that really was great to hear, that it worked for her. And that she used the word slippers. (laughs) And we will steal that analogy, (laughs) I should imagine, at some point. So So great that it worked. Great that it worked, and great that she's feeling happy and more confident. 
based on that. Absolutely. So that is, and if, if yeah, if you've got if you've got a song like that at home that you can uh, first isolate the tricky part, find the note that it's on, and try and just key yourself up note by note. It's great to have a piano to do that and see when you come back down to the start key that you feel uh, even more nimble. And we'd love to hear from you if that works. So give it a try. So on to the next. I'm going to change seats. Little shimmy. Thank you. So we have now our questions regarding career. Do you want to read the first one? I'll go for it, yeah. Here's a challenging one for you. How would someone like me go about singing for money, however small, who would want me at my age, question mark? Oh, told you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just, I just feel sad for someone who feels that, that way about being older. <laughs> Who's that from? Oh, told you it was a challenge, from Eileen. Eileen. <laughs> okay, well, she sounds obviously like she might be advancing in years, so first of all, I would find a fountain of youth. I think that might be a good shout, do you think? Maybe sleeping formaldehyde. I don't know. Just to stop the ageing process. That's the first thing I would do. Um, but good. On to, on to, <laughs> but just in case that doesn't work. On to more practical advice. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, really. Um, when, when I guess if and we're making massive assumptions at the moment in terms of age, yeah. we can look at it at so many different angles, but the first thing I would like to look at is repertoire. And uh, how that makes a difference when someone is of a certain age. And it's, so it's best to stick to appropriate stuff. And if you are a little bit older, I guess the Beyonce tribute acts are out of the question. You know, anything too new and poppy might just not make sense to your audience. So looking into the sort of genres of soul and jazz and, you know, authentic stuff like swing, I just feel that way you would maximise your appeal to... Maybe potential projects, musicians who might want to take you on, and your audience. And if you are if you are appealing and appropriate in that way, then I think you would um, actually have doors open up for you quite easily. Yes, you know, people yeah. would look. You know, maybe look at your style, see your personality, and the songs that you're singing. When all of that gels, people are going to be like really happy to sit there and listen to you. Yeah. So developing the act—that's the thing, there, isn't it? Yeah. Finding out exactly what's going to work. In, in the market for you. Yeah, and yeah. your identity. So I, I would start with that. Um, and uh, you can find yourself a band, maybe, <clears throat> of people to, uh, to hook up with. There are, there are websites for, for bands and acts who are looking for singers. Uh, I've spotted websites like uh, one called formingbands.co.uk, joinmyband.co.uk, um, another one called UK Music Jobs. And people on there, they, they just post jobs for singers, so you could maybe get along to an audition for the right kind of, I don't know, um, jazz trio or, you know, something like that. I remember being in a hotel recently where I saw a jazz trio, and that singer was a lady who was easily in her 60s, but that kind of music was perfect and she was rocking it. So there's that option. And the other thing I think is really great for people who are looking to get into some kind of singing uh, with a project is to go to open mic nights. As they are all around, some of them are based around a certain genre like jazz or blues. And that way you can network with different musicians. And there's, when, you, when you get a bunch of musicians in one room, they've all got some little... Their fingers are in different pies and projects are always going on. So maybe 
they might watch you do a great performance, come over and be, oh, you know, you would be really appropriate in this project that I've got going on. Yeah, and I think that's really good. Uh, Mike's really good for, again, assuming here, just from Eileen's question, about going out and singing for money. I just kind of take it that there hasn't been much of that before. Maybe there hasn't been much performance experience anyway. Yes. In which case, open mics. This actually, for the most part, really welcoming. Yeah. Because everyone's in the same boat. Yes, it's a supportive environment, one would say. Exactly that, yeah. 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 So they're your three, they're your three tips on, on, on how to approach that situation. Yeah, I think that's where I would, I would begin, maybe. So you say developing act? Developing the act and, and looking at the uh, repertoire. Um, maybe checking out those websites to see if there's something you can hop on board with. And getting down to network with uh, musicians and uh, and uh, people that are in the same kind of genre that you are, so you can maybe hop on their projects and work towards something together. Totally, absolutely, yeah. So just to add to that, I'm not I'm not sure. You know, there's a few things in there, but again, we don't know Eileen's age, so that's a tricky one. It's a tricky one to answer this question. So the first question I would ask is why? Why would you want to earn money from this? And then analyse that, because that will give you some sort of direction. Yeah. As in, do you mean, do you want this to be your income, or just some pocket money? Exactly that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, because some people say, I don't want to earn loads. It's not, I'm not doing it for that reason. You yeah. Know? But is that because they feel that that's all they're worth at that moment in time? Mm. And it's a, it's a tricky one. You know, let's face it, I think most people will just want to try and maximise anything they can in life, and this being the same but to begin with we just get a little bit oh not worth it how can somebody pay me that much money to just sing and yeah. it's something that I love you know so it's take the money yeah blimey <laughs> <laughs> don't question it just go, that, go go shopping has that been your that's been my mantra throughout my whole Ten years of performing. <laughs> yeah don't question the man who's handing you the 50s well yeah I thought you did it for the love yeah I love it I just really love... Uh, anyway. Right. Number Deve- two. Deve- <laughs> developing your act you touched upon. Finding the market. Yeah. Again, it's... it's if, if you're somebody that is... Beyonce. If you are Beyonce. <laughs> if you're somebody that's highly energetic. And you, and you love pop tunes. R&B. That kind of thing. You're going to probably do really well just for example singing at a wedding because that's the kind of music that people like they it? love it's dance it's danceable that's it but then if you you're not that kind of person that isn't the kind of thing that you want to do and bearing in mind that this is the future and this could be 5 10 15 20 years of your life you're going yeah. to want to enjoy it 5 10 15 years down the road then maybe you want to make the decision to do something different and if it is jazz if it's something a bit less full-on pick your songs based on that, and then obviously pick your market. And there's things like, and I don't, it's hard not to, we don't want to limit, and we don't want to stereotype, but things like old people's homes, care homes. There, so, there is a huge market exactly. that, that people don't get hold of for entertainers in, in those places. That's it. That's insane. And it's needed because these people want entertainment yeah. and they're willing to pay for it. Absolutely. And I think, I, think, I know a guy that does this and his, all his gigs... And as as a singer, you and I know that this would be quite an enviable situation. Mm. All of his gigs are in the day, <laughs> because that's when they enjoy their entertainment. And God, how good is it to be a singer who works in the day? Guaranteed as well. Guaranteed. Know, like week after week. Oh yeah, and week yeah weekdays. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. It doesn't necessarily have to be Friday and Saturday night. 
And again, if you are maybe of advancing years, you might not want to be out till 3 a.m. on a Saturday, especially with your own PA equipment, driving back a, a wee way. You want to be... That's coming from the heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 could, I, could, I could lose it at this point. But uh, yeah, this, that, that, that would be... Um, maybe. I, mean, I think a lot of the actual options we've explored today... For Eileen, have been the one have been the ones that have been, you know, relatively low stress, low hassle. Because mm. really, if if she's embarking on it and not sure if anybody would want her, and people would want you, Eileen. By the way, I think to make it easy for yourself initially, and maybe not just buying a PA system and getting out there on your own, but doing it with other people, so you can feel supported in that. And uh, not have to stress about paperwork and finding the gigs and all that jazz. That's it. And. If you're going to take that route, that, that's cool. But just in case you wanted to do it on your own, I think one last point is to consider what you're about to do, this new adventure as a business. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that most people kind of miss when they go on this singing, this, go into the singing career. Yeah. Because it is, and we get sometimes lost in the magical world of singing, and we love it, and this is what we want to do, and that's absolutely fine. And for those 45 minutes, hour, two hours that you're on stage... Love it for those reasons, but outside of that, in order to make it a success, you need to get involved in the business. Yeah. And that includes PR, admin, contracts. Uh, sales. Sales. Uh, just promoting yourself, getting out there and networking at fairs and, I mean, all the stuff that shouldn't be part of a singing career, but yeah. are... And I think that hits people sometimes and that's what throws them off and, and almost makes you not want to do it anymore. Yeah, and that goes hand in hand, I think, with why are you doing it? If it's for an income, then you're going to have to concentrate on it in that way. If it's a hobby, maybe not so much. So I read, I read once in a book that you should never create a business based on what you love. I think it's called the E-Myth. Right. And that's tricky. Because... <laughs> I'm going to base my career on something that I hate. Yeah. <laughs> and Will well, I enjoy that? Yeah. I don't know. But I guess what they're saying is that you find a niche in the market and there's more chances of success in that in that way. That mm-hmm. You're not basing it just on, I love to, I love eating ice creams. <laughs> <laughs> if I can make a business out of that. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't live for very long, would you, if that's all you did? So enjoy it while you can. Decline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that Eileen, I, I hope, especially that last bit, uh, really helps you. Uh, um, maybe embark on something, but I just, I just hope you get the confidence to go and do it. Absolutely. Because I, I think it really is a, a, a very fruitful and uh, enjoyable experience to be out there singing for people. Stay away from ice creams. Yeah, and uh, unless you can make a career out of it, I think it's a good shout. So we've got one more question. Just one more for today. Um, and that is it's, you know, it's, it's based around the same kind of thing but we have it from a different angle and it is from a chap called uh, Steve now he says guys doing a new Michael Bublé tribute show everything in place now equipment top notch set list is done songs are learned the video is done and the demo is recorded etc so there's lots going on there now how do I go about getting some gigs and further promoting myself? Thanks, Steve. So, where would you start with that? I'd start by saying, well done. That's a lot of stuff that he's got in place. Yes. So, clearly, he's thinking... I, I guess this guy is quite business-minded, wouldn't you? Yes. And exactly our last point for the, for the other question, it's a business, and he's done really well there to kind of get all this stuff, stuff together. 
people are going to want to hear stuff. They're going to want to see stuff, and he's got it all there. I almost does he does, does he need us? <laughs> <laughs> we could we could give him some very uh, thought thoughtless advice, maybe. <laughs> but uh, but he sounds like he's got things really pinned down. Exactly. I guess now it's just about getting that stuff out there, and further promoting himself. Website. There's no website on there. Does that mean that he hasn't got a website? Who, well, let's assume he hasn't, but you know, that's, we need a focal point for all of the marketing. So Yeah, somewhere to get hold of you. That's it. Look and, at all your stuff. And then stemming from there, social media is the way of the world these days. If you're not in it, then you need to be in it, especially in the entertainment industry, I think. Yeah. You, you know, every, everyone's there. And it's it's just the best way in order for people to see you. There are billions of people on Facebook every day. Yeah. And they need to see what... If you if you want people to see what you're doing, let's go to the place where they're, they're yeah. hanging out. And do you know what? A little, a little trick for that, I think, which is really good, which is not necessarily about getting gigs, but I think keeping visitors to your page and your clients more likely to book you again is um, having pictures with your clients to put on your Facebook page after every gig. Your clients love going to your page and, and seeing that. And so do other people. People often relate to other people's pictures saying, oh, I remember when I had my picture with you. So, uh, yeah, a great use for social media, if you're a singer in a band, is to have pictures with your clients. Yes, and, and across the whole board of social media, if you are struggling with it and you're not too sure how to go about working on your strategy, then there are people out there, there's companies out there that, that help that do this as a job and they can give you a strategy in order to put in place for the next six months to a year. This is how you should market your company through your social networks. There's some people online, there's loads, Google it, you'll find them. There's somebody called Samantha Russell. She's on Twitter. She, the social sardine.com. She's somebody that helps in that, in that, in that way, as is a guy called Adam Petford, the bizlinks.co.uk. I've spoken to Adam a few times and he's a really nice guy and really knows what he's doing in that sense. So go towards those guys, ask some questions, and that should help out there as well. Mm-hmm. So that's in terms of, of promoting. Is there anything else we can do? Potentially. I mean, if I look back at when we did it, and we've been in a band together for 10 years or so, looking back at the trench- trenches, uh, we had to get into pubs and clubs quite regularly because the mantra, I think, of of the way we've done it is gigs get gigs. So... For Steve to get the ball rolling, he needs to be performing in front of people. I just think that is so important. Because if your act is is that honed, if your stage presence is brilliant, your songs are great, your performance is sweet, everything you've got in terms of equipment and presentation is top-notch, then the moment people watch your performance, they're going to be, I'm going to get that guy for my wedding. My daughter's getting married... I have a corporate do, all those kind of situations. So that may mean at this stage that you have to get out there for free or for very little money. And we know people who do tribute acts get paid very well and may not be willing to do that initially. But I really feel that it's incredibly important to get you in front of people. It's an investment for the future. Absolutely. And so that may be the local pub, the local clubs... When when you offer them a great deal, they will snap it up because it's hard to get hold of good musicians and singers for, for cheap these days. We know, again, from uh, that doors open from doing some charity gigs, especially some of the high-profile ones where you know business owners and people with you know pretty high budgets are going to be sat in the audience and can make a decision on things like the corporate dues, conferences and Christmas parties. And so... 
I would I would begin that recommending you get in front of people. The other thing that really we really felt worked was getting into trade shows and wedding shows. You do pay to get into those, but from our experience, when you're at a certain level with your act, getting one gig would pay for that show. Beyond that, there's a return in investment, and you may get 10 gigs, 15 gigs, or even 20 gigs from a two-day wedding show that has maybe three to 4,000 brides visit it over a couple of days. Mm We know that works for a fact, and you can pin people down on the spot. So that is a seasonal thing that can sort your year out next year. If you were to do it, say, this year, you would be looking at next summer yeah, in a wedding show. You're really. looking at least six months ahead, aren't you, for at least. your investment? It's definitely not going to be a way of getting gigs quickly, but you can you can plan your income and your, and your following year based on, on one of those how those shows go. And one cheeky tip for wedding fairs and trade shows, this is a must. And I think it's, this is golden, is what I'm just about to say. Yeah. You need to perform yeah. at these events. Because if you don't perform based on experience, the difference between what you get back is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and doesn't that really actually tie back in with, if people don't see you, they won't book you? That's they will thing. not book you based on your website. Well, did you know what? That's probably rubbish. They might book you, but the conversion rate must be 10% instead of 80%. If, Like Steve said, you need to be on stage at that wedding show with slots that you can direct people to to say, come and see me at 3 o'clock. I'm doing three songs. Before you know it, you get back to your stand. There's a queue of people at your stand waiting to sign your contract and hand you the money. As long as you've done a good job. As long as you've done a good job. (laughs) I guess that's very important. You have to be good. (laughs) So, yeah, that is... uh, And we will not not actually do a show unless we can perform. No matter how cheap it is. Even if it's free. Bottom line. We just won't do it. It is kind of a waste of time. Um, And I reckon that only leaves, really, um, the agency route, doesn't it? Exactly. And I, I really feel there's mixed views about that. I don't really love agencies, but for some people in... Certain acts and genres, it works really well. Would you agree? It does. And I'm not entirely sure, if I'm honest, why. There seems to be... I, th- I think there's a level of... They're human beings working in these agencies and sometimes they've got their favourite acts and then therefore they would be just be used. And I don't think that's anything malicious. I just think it's that as a job, if there's an agent and they need to be quick, they've got they've got inquiries coming in all over the place, then they're going to make their job as... as, as as easy as possible, yep. and say, right, who last went out for me? Who was who did the job? Who was great? Who got great feedback? I'll go to them again. Mm. So Instead you, of trying out the new guy. Right. So that's why it's tricky, especially when you're starting out for agency, because you probably find you don't get too much back. Then you've got to consider how much you want to give away from your fee. And if you can get the gigs on your own, through your own marketing and PR, do you want to give up that proportion? And sometimes that proportion of the fee can be... 20%. 20%. Plus VAT. Mm. And if, if you're in London, sometimes those guys are, are charging 50%, but they do get massive fees. So it's it, you've got to weigh it up. But I, I certainly feel that uh, if, if you have enough gigs going on in your diary, they will self-perpetuate anyway. You'll get all the fee when you get the gig yourself. 
you control the whole situation, so anything that goes wrong, you're accountable for it, and you could control it and probably diffuse any issues or problems with clients or questions. Whereas, you know, sometimes when you when an agent is taking care of that for you, I don't necessarily feel they might be selling you in the right way. Understand how your band works, um, and I just think that the service suffers then, communication suffers, and and that affects your experience and the client's experience occasionally. It definitely will at some point, yeah. So I hope that helps you, Steve. I think maybe uh, if you had any more questions about that, then please do uh, get in touch with us and let us know, maybe if you tried any of this stuff, how you got on. Same for everyone, really. That'd be great. Yeah, feedback for all of these questions would, would be brilliant. If it worked for you, please let us know. Are we done for today? I think we are done for today. I hope that helped people. Rolling on. I'm not sure how long we've been going for, but this is great. We are looking forward to our next show. We are looking forward to our next show. We have a very, very special guest on there, so you do not want to miss it. Um, but much like last week, we do have a little pick to put your way from YouTube. Oh, yes. This is... Uh, I saw this a little while ago. I literally love it. I've shown every one of my students because I just can't believe how talented she is. Uh, her name is Christina Bianco. You can find her on YouTube if you type in Christina Bianco Divas. And you'll find a video of her doing an impression of 19 different divas singing a very well-known 80s tune. It is phenomenal. Here's a little clip. There you have it. The Celine bit is actually my favourite bit that I would fast forward to whenever I show this to my students because I just can't believe how good it is. She is so talented, that girl. So talented. And she she does stuff on Broadway, apparently, so she's she's a great actress and a great singer. So please go and watch that. It's terrific. And that concludes our YouTube pick of the week. YouTube fave. Pick, whatever it is. Fave of the week. So wrap us up, baby. We hope you've enjoyed today. We certainly have, haven't we? Yeah. If you have enjoyed it, please, please, please give us a review on iTunes. It really helps everything. Everything. Uh, please like and, and also, if you can, share this podcast with all your friends and family. It's free information. We would just like as many people as possible to benefit from this. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash TNV questions. We're on Twitter at TNV questions. With the Naked Vocalist TV yeah. channel with weekly videos going up. And you can also find us, thenakedvocalist.com, which Chris mentioned that went out at the start of the week. So send us questions if you have them on anything. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, um, uh, at our website, we will uh, publish show notes for each episode. So the YouTube pick, for instance, any websites that we mention and useful information, we will put those in the show notes and they will be available at the blog at the naked 
com. So like we said, please share is all about. Um, this helps us to keep doing this. And that's kind of it. We will see you in two weeks. We are out. Don't miss that interview. It's a good one. Have a beautiful day. Toodle pip. <laughs>